Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me from across the pond is the statesman to my Kingsman from Burke Reviews, it's John Burke. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, Matt. How are you today? I am doing very well as well, my friend. Fall, autumn is fully in in gear now over here. PSL everywhere. It's very cold, though I'm uh, in my recording space with a hoodie on and I'm really hot. So something's not quite right there. (laughs) So uh, that aside, you're keeping Florida safe? Uh, Doing my best, sir. I'm doing my best. Yeah, that's that's all we can do. And with a man like John Burke, we should all be like Burke, which is part of the BAMPS motto, BLB, be like Burke. So the bloody awesome movie podcast. For those who are new, welcome. Uh, on this on this show, we give non-spoiler reviews of the week's biggest release or most interesting release. And then in a few days' time, usually on a Monday, we'll drop our spoiler thoughts in a very kind of short, succinct mini-sode. Oh, so this week, my friend... We never thought we'd ever say these words. It come to it came to a point where we thought, no, it's never going to happen. We're reviewing probably one of the <laughs> biggest films to come out of the year. Well, there is no properly. This is in the top three probably biggest films of the year. No Time to Die. The latest James Bond film and the last film to star Daniel Craig as James Bond. It's finally here. Before we talk about it, what's it all about? It's directed by Carrie Joji Fukunaga. Uh, written by Fukunaga alongside Neil Purvis and Robert Wade. It stars Daniel Craig one last time. Leia Seydoux, Rami Malek, Lashana Lynch, Ray Fiennes, Ben Whishaw, Naomi Harris, and a glut of other fabulous performers. The synopsis reads, James Bond has left active service. His piece is short-lived, obviously, when Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. I'll be damned if that doesn't sound like a James Bond synopsis. Uh, how's it doing? 84% on Rotten Tomatoes critic score. 70 on Metascore, 7.6 IMDb user score, and 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And it was released worldwide in theatres. None of it's streaming. All theatres. Critically, it's doing really well. Um, so I'm quite pleased to see that. I saw this a week or so before JB because it was released a week or so earlier in the United Kingdom. And with the whole Venom mess up, it's been a bit of a, um, a bit of an odds and ends with the way this last few episodes have been. However, we're here now, no time to die. Last chance, no spoilers whatsoever in this episode. Just our top level thoughts. JB, I thought this was fabulous. This film, this is the best action film I've seen this year. I did have to wrestle with the idea that I really liked nobody and the action in that was unreal. But the escalation of action within No Time to Die, it starts off pretty big, and then it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. But it doesn't always mean in scope. Sometimes it's attention. There's one scene in a forest, which is like a, a predator moment, like stalk and hunt and like, murder. It's really well shot. It's really well captured. And then we get a big old third act, great third act. Um, yeah, I was. I wasn't particularly... I was excited for No Time to Die, but listeners will remember me saying that when the trailers came out, the international one, the uh, the US one, I guess, I didn't really think they were very good. I thought they were a bit. I just thought they were a bit lackluster. It looked like Daniel Craig was phoning it in in the trailers. I thought, but I'm happy to announce that Daniel Craig wasn't phoning it in. I think this is his best performance as Bond. I think the realization and knowledge that this is it now kind of spurred him on as well to just you know 
go all in on the, on the actual like acting as Bond, the fighting, uh, allowing his emotions to to come out. And I think Fukunaga uh, and the team recognise that as well. There are moments in this film where, for me watching it, I imagined that bit, bit off screen, Daniel Craig is saying to the director. I think it's time. I just, you know, let, let let's, it's time we let loose. There's a certain scene towards the third act where it's just like, right, you know, let, let's just let Daniel Craig have his moment here just to be Bond and be damn cool. There's some really good shots. The music is good. I think Billie Eilish's theme song works so well with the introduction. And I, I really don't have that much to say about it. It is a bit too long. You know, it doesn't need to be two hours 43. That's a criticism that's been lobbied at it by most people. But uh, considering how just boring Spectre was, how disappointing that was, this film does a lot retroactively to make that film better by doing things like giving Leia Seydoux's character something to do. She's a lot, she, she, she's elevated more so in this film. I think her and Daniel Craig are much better. Lashana Lynch is uh, very good. I was worried about the character the first few times she appeared on screen because of her dialogue. I thought, hmm, not sure how this is going to fit, but it, I ended up really liking her character. Uh, Rami Malek. Rami Malek is really good in this, but the villain isn't. <laughs> his character's a bit, his character's a bit wishy-washy. It's a bit light. It's a bit shallow. Kind of pops in and then is not really very present for most of the film and then just turns up again. It's not Rami Malek's fault. It's just... The villain's not written too well, but overall, there's not really an awful lot bad to say about this film, my friend. It was the stakes were there. It was emotional. It was it was badass. It's hard hitting. It was everything I want from a certainly from a Daniel Craig Bond. Was it a bit too long? Yeah. Is that an issue? No. I thought this was the best action film of the year and one of the best films I've seen in a long time uh, of this genre. You though, my friend, I'm I'm a Brit. I'm supposed to love James Bond, even though I think usually they're fine. As a man who isn't the biggest Bond fan, astrologer listeners will know, is this where you say, Matt, this film was awful? Uh, no. Um, I say that one, Daniel Craig is the one Bond that I've connected with. I, <laughs> yes. I, I don't have a criticism about the Bonds in general. I've mm-hmm. just never really watched any of them. Yeah. Um, I've tried when I was younger. I thought they were kind of slow and boring, even though my grandpa loved them. Um, and I didn't get into the Pierce Brosnan bonds for whatever reason. I kind of, I think I just was like, whatever I played Goldeneye with my friends, but I didn't have a 64. So I didn't have that like brand loyalty that some people had. Um, and I was even late to the Craig bond. I think I, I watched casino and quantum of solace right before, uh, skyfall came out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, I actually, I enjoyed these and I, I am a general Daniel Craig fan. Um, so I went into this movie with a lot of hope, but also Spectre was so bad, and I really <laughs> dislike Spectre. Um, I also I didn't realize how far apart they were. Like it was 2015 that Spectre came out. Six uh, years, man. Yeah, and it I didn't realize I saw it before I started Burke Reviews even because I started Burke Reviews in 2016. Um, so just a few months apart, but um, I enjoyed this movie completely. Um, I never expected a Bond film to make me cry. And I cried, I think twice. And when I say cry, I usually just mean a single tear. And I think that's all this was, but like, I felt choked up a couple of times, Mm -hmm. which I don't expect from a Bond film. Um, uh, One actress who we're not giving much credit because she's not in it much, but Anna de Armas shows up and is in a great action scene. I love her moments in it. I wish she was there more. Um, I, I also feel like they marketed her like she was in it more than she yes. is. Yeah. Uh, 
but uh and i you know i like i like jeffrey wright even though he is he's he's known to ham it up a little bit and i think he does <laughs> but i think it works in this um uh, ben wishaw i've also been a fan like just the cast is great like every everybody's great um i think this is a really good final daniel craig bond film all yes. the way around it starts off real heavy action um i have another criticism i've seen levy at it is the third act gets very talky but mm. i i enjoyed the talky stuff um i do I agree never felt that i didn't i didn't really either but i do i once they said it i like step back i'm like yeah the action is definitely forward leaning um because once he gets to a certain point it is more about the story like that's i think the issue is the the storytelling is very lopsided like there's one like you you mentioned rami malik's villain he shows up it sets up the story and then we kind of deviate from it until we get back to it and it makes sense in the flow of the movie because the villain isn't really what it's about. It is about Bond. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as like, that's why it's, you know, three hours. It's not because the story needs it. It's because they deviate from it and they kind of have like a few things going on. Um, none of which feel like they are essential, but they all add up to one heck of an experience. I, I had a blast watching this. I was, I never felt bored. I didn't, I don't feel like it fully felt like a three hour movie. It, it still was like, at one point I was like, okay, I still have an hour and 10 minutes left, but I wasn't upset about it. It was just like, what are they going to do for an hour and a half? And they, they find stuff to do. Yeah. Um, there's an amazing action sequence in the, in the forest with like yeah. the fog and the look of it's just so fantastic. Um, yeah. I think it's a, a really great fifth film in this franchise of the Daniel Craig ones. And, um, I, I, the thing that I, I'm most mad about with this movie is the the connection to Spectre requires that you can't just watch Casino Royale, <laughs> yeah, Skyfall, yeah. Skyfall, and this. Like you have to watch Spectre because so much of the there are enough references to Spectre in this film that there would be a weird like jerking like wait wh- wh- who's this guy why is this guy yeah. here um, if you don't watch it but I don't ever want to watch Spectre again I really didn't like Spectre like I was mad at Spectre. Because Skyfall is so good. Skyfall is unreal. And then you unreal. get to Spectre. And you're like, what is this crap? Like, what is happening? Um, That's not your half-brother. And, yeah. And then Quantum of Solace isn't... Exists. I didn't feel like Quantum of Solace was bad. Exactly. It just doesn't matter. It leaves no imprint whatsoever. Yeah. Badly um, edited, and it's just there. Now, this movie starts off with uh, him going to the tomb of Vespa. Or the, yes. the grave. Uh, does she... Die in Quantum of Solace or in Skyfall? Because I cannot remember. I thought it was in Casino Royale, wasn't it? Oh, no, no. Isn't she in Quantum of Solace? Isn't that the... I, the, I the don't theme? remember. <laughs> Honestly, Quantum of Solace is just... I yes. can't, really can't remember. Um, there's a girl on the cover of the the box art. That's all I remember of, of that particular movie is the box art. And so now I guess we're going to have to look... Spoilers, I guess, for Quantum of Solace and or Casino Royale. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, no. But, uh, um, she in the film version, Casino Royale portrayal. Leg- I don't think she was. She was in the video game for Quantum of Solace because that was uh, an amalgamation of the first two films. But I think she, it, yeah, I it. think she's often Casino Royale, and her her legacy and her um, omnipresence it, like permeates throughout all of the films. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I I need to rewatch well Casino should. Royale. I did. I really like Casino Royale. It's just been a while since I've watched it. So my brain. I've only seen all of them once. To be fair. Yeah. Um, I just more remember like how I felt while watching it. Oh, Eva Green is Vesper. 
I didn't realize, realize it. it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No wonder he can't stop thinking about it. It's Eva Green, man. She does leave an impression. Um, she certainly except does. For, I, I forgot she was in Dumbo. Yeah, exactly. but, uh, Apart from into the air. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I I definitely think this is a really solid film. It is. Um, Trying to think if there's any other action films that I really I, I like. I love Shang Chi. That's a different type of action movie, um, but I, I love the fight sequences in that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the bus sequence, like the bus sequence. Anything topping the bus sequence this year would be impressive to me. That and was I don't, good. That's I think my favorite action scene in the year. Um, nobody, I think, was it was just a shot of just haven't seen nobody. Bob Odenkirk fueled action, which I never knew I needed. But now I I can't live without the idea of a world without uh, nobody. Again, it is, bus sequences. Holy moly. My plan for, for nobody is uh, in December for movie club, we do through the cracks movies from the year that we didn't see. And mm. we're trying to catch them right before the end of the year. Yeah. And nobody is on my list for those movies. So I'm, I'm aiming for December to watch nobody um, because I've heard such good things. And I'm like, I'm ready to, uh, to check this out. Great fun, man. Well, we, we spoke about, um, cop shop a couple of weeks ago that was surprisingly good fun yeah um other than that you know if i was going to go in my letterbox i'd be scrolling quite far down my list for action films but no i, I did i really enjoyed it. i agree with anna de armas i think they marketed her because they knew exactly who they were marketing the film to <laughs> with having anna de armas front and center but her character adds a just as the film starting to get to a point where it's like okay this is feeling like I know we're, maybe we're going to get stale, or is this a bit where we're going to have this lull? They chuck in out of the armors. It's like a shot in the arm. It perks things up because of her character and like the the injection of just like energy she provides. And then you know, we move, 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 move on. And then the film is almost buoyed by that as well. And so are we as an audience. So it kind of picks us up from any kind of impending lull that they might have had. So, and I I, I agree. I do think it was a bit long, but that doesn't mean I was bored. I just. You know, I could look at things and like you could you could chop time off this, but I wasn't bored. I don't think it was. I don't think it was detrimental to it. There wasn't really anything I didn't like about this film, and I was surprised how much I dug this film, man. Yeah, I, I was very thrilled at the theater. Um, I, I did have a weird experience at the theater, though. That might have been one of the saddest things. There was an older guy mm-hmm. who I, I think he was older because it was dark, but. Um, at one point early in the movie, the guy is like walking up and down the aisles and like saying a name, like he can't find his, his party that he's with. Oh no. Um, and I, I first uh, it's annoying cause you assume that it's just someone who doesn't know where the party is, but I kind of got the vibe that maybe he was in the wrong theater and was maybe a little senile. Yeah. Um, and so that was like, Oh no. Like, and, but I saw the usher like came and was helping him and I don't, but I feel like they found them somewhere else. I don't think he was in that screening cause I never saw him again, but, um, I was like, that was a weird kind of experience. I've not had that happen where it was clearly not someone trying to disrupt the movie. No, no. Disrupting the movie. Um, and you're just like, you're, you feel both sad and also a little aggravated because you're like, dude, what? And then you're like, wait, Oh no. And then you want to <laughs> help, but you don't know how to help. Cause you don't know who they're looking for. Like I, I'm like, if they're in the theater, they would definitely hear you. Cause like I can hear you, you know? So like, yeah. I'm guessing they're not in here, but no, well, yeah, hopefully was, everything was so, so sorted in the end there. It does seem like everything worked out okay, but good. Um, but everything worked out okay for James Bond and No Time to Die because it took long enough to, for us to get this film, and we both gave it a thumbs up. And it looks like the majority of people have given it a thumbs up as well. I've seen a few naysayers and a few people giving some quite awful takes, uh, frankly, um, 
specifically around the Anna de Armas character, but uh, we really? both liked it. And if you want to hear our spoiler thoughts, and if for those who have seen the film, you know what we're going to be talking about. Uh, check us out on Monday for our you know ten minute spoiler filled mini sode. So no time to die. Check it out. With that, with them in particular, though, I know they were in Knives Out together, and that definitely, I think, pops yes. on screen because there's chemistry between them, and not like not necessarily sexual chemistry, just like a good working relationship. Yeah. Like they vibe real, Same real problems, well yeah. uh, immediately. And I, I, I will say, I could see people criticize. I haven't seen the criticisms, but I could see if they're like she's too lighthearted or whatever for the Craig Bond because the Craig Bond has been mostly pretty serious, and a lot of this movie is that. That is the one moment where he seems like he's having fun. And so does she, and I, I enjoyed that sequence um, a lot. Um, yeah, well, the, um, the majority of criticism stakes around the fact that the, the, some people think people are complaining she's not in the film too much because they find her, they think they only we people only want to see her because she's very good looking. That's the only reason. No, no, the reason most people yeah. I've seen wanted her in the film was because she was a, such a fun character, and it was that injection that mm-hmm. the film was bouncing along anyway, but Anna de Armas' character provided some something a little bit different. You know, regardless of who she is or what she looked like, the character gave us something new. And like you say, the chemistry of Daniel Craig helped that so much. And it was just, it was just fun to watch. It's an overused uh, word in terms of how we can describe her performance, but it was a fun kind of little part of the film. So, you know, it's like, maybe there, I'm sure there are some people who wanted more for other reasons, but me, fun character would have liked to have seen more of uh, Paloma but uh, yeah check out No Time to Die absolutely check it out it's doing well at the box office as well so uh, contribute to that so now we're going to move on to our next segment which we like to call Chuffed Headlines and it's our section where John and myself we take a movie or pop culture news headline that caught our attention for whatever reason and we share it with the rest of the world so John what have you gone with this week? So I pulled an article from Entertainment Weekly which was the first look at Scream which is Mm-hmm. Um, by the time we're recording this, though, the trailer for Scream has dropped. Uh, and this is Scream. Yes. It's just called Scream. It Ugh. is Scream 5. Uh, we can assume this is a legacy sequel. And given Scream's track record, I kind of assume this is their take on the legacy sequel. Um, if you look at, like, Scream 4 is the reboot movie where they're, like, mocking the reboots. Obviously, the first Scream is mocking the slashers, so on and so forth. The second one sequels, third one trilogy, which does not work. And they ham fist that in there because there's just not enough trilogies at that time to talk about trilogies. But yeah. nevertheless, I assume this one is about legacy sequels and then like the legacy continuing, but also maybe erasing some things. The trailer to me, I, I'm actually going to focus on the trailer. The article is from Entertainment Weekly. There's images and stuff. You see the cast. There's a lot of big name people in Scream 5. Yeah. Um, so the trailer dropped. Have you watched it yet, Matt? I have watched this. Yes. Um, so I think the trailer looks fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it looks particularly amazing. I don't think it looks bad. What makes me the most apprehensive for this fifth entry into the Scream franchise, aside from the fact this is the first one not directed by Wes Craven because yes. he's dead. Um, but it's that it's coming out in January. Yeah. And anyone who knows anything about the film industry and the release schedule, and more importantly, horror movies, January is not the prime time for either of those two things. It's the dumping ground. It's the dumping ground. And this is a big, potentially big movie. I mean, we have the three returning stars from the screen franchise, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, which according to the, the entertainment article, the only reason why this movie got made is because all three of them agreed. Yes. Yeah. 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 Then you got Jack Quaid 
is in this movie, who I am a big fan of from The Boys. He's mm-hmm. in The Boys season one and two. Um, obviously, son, I assume, of of uh, Dennis, yes. I believe. Not Randy. Um, and I like him. I think he's got a presence. I, I really like him in The Boys. I think he works really well. I could totally see him working in this. I do not think Dylan Mignette is a good actor anymore. I used to, but I've seen too many things. And uh, I, I, I feel like he has fallen into a pigeonhole. Um, if he's not the killer, I will be surprised. I don't have any inside <laughs> information. I'm just saying, like, that's he, it's either him or Quaid, right? Like, that's statistically, if it's not one of the original three, it's going to be one of those two guys. Like, logistically. Yes, potentially. The the actor in this movie, I don't know if you saw this or not, dude, but uh, Kyle Gallner yeah. is in this movie. I knew he was in it from the the uh, cast list that was released what, a year or so ago now. Yeah, I had missed him on the list. There was an image of him in the Entertainment Weekly article. He, I don't remember seeing him in the trailer, but the trailer moves pretty he's, quickly. He's in the trailer. Okay, well, I, I like him a lot. You and I both saw Dinner uh, dinner in America was that um, at uh, Fantasia Fest, I believe, and we love that movie. Um, I'm excited to see what he's bringing to this, but January, dude, January, that's not a good sign. Like why, why would you go through all of this and then dump it in January? Like it's, this has got blockbuster written all over. It's it, the earliest drop it in May and it better wait till October, but no January. Um, not a good sign in my opinion, but well, you know, I'd love to be wrong. Yeah. No, I hear that. My friend, any other year, uh, I would be, quite worried but i think now because certainly 2022 which is a concertina year anyway is a bottleneck year for film i think because there's so many films coming out across so many different formats yes that there are less and less kind of you know graveyard months january i think still is that graveyard month but um you've got his morbius coming out as well in january so you've got that's coming out uh you've got scream coming out back like four times right so like i can't remember i'm sure this was pushed back as well it was meant uh it was uh oh no it wasn't maybe it wasn't i'm sure this is supposed to be this released in november pandemic. that's right i this, thought it was meant to be released this ones. month or november it, sorry and it might have been and maybe it was pushed back because of like production delays which would make sense because they yeah, were filming I'm, you know because this was one of the first big like when uh they announced this, this was a big deal because they hadn't really started producing anything yet. And everyone was no, like, no, oh, yeah. Scream 5's happening. Yeah. Um, and it was at the time Scream 5. Like that was on like yes. the, the marketing and stuff. And now it's just Scream, which yeah, I'm like, I, uh, that's, that blows, man. We, we spoke about that, like Halloween being the sequel to Halloween, Scream being a sequel. It's just, come on. You're like, you just call it Scream. And everyone's, everyone's kind of made the joke about change the S for a five, like five cream. Just call it Scream 5 and be done with it. This is what everyone's going to call it anyway. Which is your favorite Scream? Or rank the Scream films. You're not going to say, well, Scream number one, then Scream number... You're going to say Scream 5. Um, I can't find anything about this actually being shifted, but I swear it's meant to come out uh, in in November. But um, yeah, so that is a slight worry, mid-January, but there are so many films coming out, you know, you've got to fit them in somewhere. Um, About the, about the, the, the returning cast, yeah, I'm glad that they all agreed to come back on the proviso that, you know, the rest of the OG came back. You can't have a screen without, uh, without Sid, uh, Nev Campbell, David Arquette or Courtney Cox. You know, that they are scream to me, you know, the, otherwise it isn't really scream. You can set it in Woodsboro all you want, but, uh, the, the new cast looked quite good. You know, Jack Quaid, I, I like him. Uh, Kyle Garner, like yourself, I like him. Melissa Barrera, who we saw in In the Heights, she's coming in as well. Uh, so there's going to be, there's a decent looking cast here, but, 
I saw the trailer. I've been really pumped for Scream 5, actually, because I like the Scream franchise. Me too. I get it. I get what it's all about. Uh, but, I, but I was looking forward to, and I like Scream 4. I was, I'm looking forward to Scream 5. But this trailer, just like you, I thought it was fine. You know, I think, I think of anything, it gives far too much away again. It's like, well, it, it, they're showing moments with Ghostface where I said, you know, yeah, it might be clever editing, but in some of the scenes, I don't think it's clever editing. I think we're going to see who's going to be offed. And I don't like that. Um, it, 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 when they do that in trailers, I think they showed too much, but yeah. I, I thought it was okay. I don't think it, I know a scream film will always be one thing. A guy in a ghost face masks, killing people. That's it. It's no, you know, it's, it's your Michael Myers. It's, it's your leather face, whatever it's going to be. That's people go to see ghost face slashing people. Uh, so in terms of the killer, like you say, is it going to be, it's going to be Dylan Minette, surely, you know, I think, I think there's some clever editing in the trailer as well. I've got my, uh, theory on who the killer is already. And that does include scenes that are in the trailer, which may suggest otherwise as well. Uh, I would love it to be, I've said this too often. I'd love it to be Sydney Prescott. I'd love it to be, I, imagine, it, it makes no sense. And I get before everyone hounds me and flames me. I know it makes no sense. It's nonsensical, but God damn, what a hell of a twist that would be. If just like, the franchise's face ends up just being the one who just ends up being the murderer at the end of it, it would be nonsensical. It would border on stupid, but if they want to go out of the bang, hell, do that. Um, David Arquette is, you know, trying his hardest, bless him, <laughs> in this. He's put on a very deep voice. But I'm looking forward to seeing the old guard back. I do hope this is the last one, even if this is great, because it, I, don't, I don't want to see it go, you know, fi- who would have thought you can get five films out of it? But we're getting it. So I hope it's good. I mean, the, the trailer didn't disappoint me in that in any real sense. It just didn't wow me. But I guess maybe because it just showed me what I knew it was going to be. So, you know, what, 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 maybe that's on me. But I thought it looked good. There's yeah. some cool shots in it. And it's good to see the OG back. I just yeah, hope it doesn't that the film bad. lives up to it. I don't feel like it looks bad at all. But again, I'm, I'm still a little more concerned because of when. Uh, and again, it, it, anytime you make a sequel, a fifth of a movie, right? Especially one that's unplanned and has, you know, is clearly a cash grab to a degree there is going to be a pause of like, uh Oh, is this just going to be trash? And I hope not. I, I really hope not, but I am definitely on the, on the fence. Um, what about you, but what, what is your headline for the week? Um, the, the headline I've gone for is, uh, from screen rant It's written by Chris Agar and it's the new Christopher Nolan film or the upcoming Christopher Nolan film. Oppenheimer has now been given a release date and we've got a lead attached to the film. So Oppenheimer from Christopher Nolan is going to get a July 2023 release date, which sounds like a long time, but I remember when it was 2020 and this whole thing was kicking off. It's almost 2022 now, guys. Um, so 2023 July, Oppenheimer's coming out and it will star Killian Murphy in the title role. So somebody, yep. you know, very used to working with Nolan. It's, right. It's not a surprise to know that nope. uh, Killian Murphy's in the film. It's nice. to good to see him in the lead though. That's exciting. Like we were excited to see um, Robert Pattinson and JDW as leads for Tenet. That was cool. Now we're seeing Killian Murphy in the lead of a big film about um, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was uh, he was the man responsible for creating the atomic bomb in World War Two. So, uh, and it's also going to be the first film that Nolan has is going to produce uh, create. Sorry, which isn't. Uh, partner partnering with Warner Brothers. This is going to be a universal release. Universal Pictures are releasing this film, uh, so it's not surprising to see 
Killian Murphy in the film. I'm glad to know that he's leading. I'm not. So, I'm also expecting at some point to see Michael Caine pop up in in there somehow. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not really an awful lot to say about this. Is more kind of it's interesting in the wake of the Tenet release. Christopher Nolan's kind of anti HBO Max um, idea leanings, Tenet's box office performance versus saving cinema. Has that left a bad taste in people's mouth? A little bit. But now he's coming back in a few years' time with Oppenheimer. Does this film do anything for you and uh, Killian Murphy in the lead? What are you thinking? I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Killian. Um, yep. And uh, like you said, it's not a big surprise. Of, like Nolan, Nolan casting Killian Murphy is kind of like, yeah. Yep. Okay. Tarantino is showing Ka- Is Michael Caine in yeah. this as well? Like, exactly, I mean, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't shocking news. And obviously, I have not seen Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. But I've heard great things, yep. and this seems to. There's a lot of images I think are from Peaky Blinders that have been popping up with the casting. I don't know for sure, but I see a gangster, and I just I'm like, is that guy in a hat? Yeah, so I'm like, is that the Peaky Blinders Killian? Uh, yeah. I, I I just watched Red Eye, which I'll talk about in a minute, and yes. um, I just, I think he's great. So yeah, cool. Uh, and he was he was kind of the lead in Dunkirk, technically, right? Like, yeah, in he, an ensemble, he kind of had a bit more to do. Yeah. He, he's the through line though, like in the, the with mm-hmm. the three different timelines in Dunkirk. So he is like the one who you are with multiple times. Um, I think the only one you're with in all, all three timelines to some capacity, yes. he's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. who ties everything together. Um, so not again, not surprising, but cool. You know, maybe this is Nolan casting someone he's really comfortable with after Tenet not being as well received as I think he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so maybe he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get, with, I'll get, I won't take a chance with people I haven't worked with before. Cause that's the thing with Pattinson and JDW. Those were first time, uh, Nolan casts. Uh, yes, is, they were. So like, maybe this is Nolan reacting. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm obviously just speculating, but, um, he does seem to be working inside of his comfort zone a little more. Yeah, working out well with a new studio, but it, with that yes. bringing back in the bringing back the old head. So yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say if I'm excited for the film or not because I don't quite know the angle he's going to take with an Oppenheimer I don't story. Even know. I'm not um, super familiar with Oppenheimer, so yeah, I mean, like, he created the atomic bomb, and there's there's been the jokes that Chris Nolan's going to detonate an actual nuclear bomb because that's what Nolan does for <laughs> filming. But uh, yeah, I, I like seeing Killian Murphy getting the lead in a what will be a big tentpole release of that year. So anything to push that man, because I think he's a very good actor uh, is, is fine by me. And just before we move on, dude, I have to ask you for your opinion. You sent me a trailer. You sent me the screen trailer. I was going to bring it up too. Yeah. Oh uh, no, no, I'm throwing it back to you, my friend. You sent me the trailer for home sweet home alone. The, uh, the Disney plus is all new adventure. Uh, drop their trailer. I believe it's coming out very soon or imminently November around the Christmas 12th. November 12th. So one month today from recording just in time for Christmas. Um, what did you think about the trade of a home sweet home alone? So here's, here's the thing I want to bring up. I have been on both sides of the argument about not, not remaking things. Right. And my recent kind of stance that I've, I've decided this is where I'm drawing my line in the sand with this argument is that everything is fair game to be remade because mm-hmm. our original stuff still exist right as long as they're not erasing the original literally like deleting it from history if it's still there you can still enjoy that and this can still be somebody else's first experience of right course. like for me i teach high school kids for them if i say the karate kid they think jaden smith 
Yeah, that's slightly, that makes that's sense. slightly changing because of uh, Cobra Kai, but that's still Cobra Kai to them, not Karate Kid. So not all of them have seen the original. So to me, I think Karate Kid, I think Daniel LaRusso, I think Ralph Macchio, right? Yep. I, and I, both can exist and both are fine. I don't like the Jaden Smith Karate Kid, and I have a lot of reasons why. But with that mindset, that, that is my current stance, it, it's fine. Like, And this one is not calling it home sweet home alone it's home alone if you've watched the trailer they are pulling exact quotes from home alone and i am saying that as a person who has seen home alone well over 40 times like yeah not exaggerating i've been watching it's in the theater and every year pretty much since i've owned it on vhs i've owned it on dvd blu-ray digital like i have seen home alone every year since i was like 11 and i'm 39 so i've legitimately seen it probably if i only watched it once a year I've seen it over 40 times almost, yeah. but I've watched it more than once a year for many of those years. Right. Like I know this movie very well. Um, and the, despite my stance that I'm okay with you remaking things because my original still exists, the tagline on the advertisement on the official Disney plus Instagram is holiday classics were meant to be broken. Yeah. And that's what this trailer feels like. It feels like they broke the good that was home alone the kid uh, did you recognize the kid uh the little lad from jojo rabbit right who everyone loved in jojo rabbit right he's mm-hmm. not the star in jojo rabbit folks he's the friend who makes some funny jokes he has some funny lines um he's he's cute and charming yep he he doesn't come off as cute and charming much in the trailer for home sweet home alone uh what's worse is everybody else feels like caricatures of people um yep. i like pete holmes Pete Holmes is the dad. He's he's doing the Pete Holmes shtick. He's not he's being Pete Holmes. Uh, the mom is British, which is cool, but I don't know. Some of the lines of exposition are so clunky. Just in the trailer, that's not a good sign. And like the, you're you're including expositional dialogue in your trailer, not a good sign. Um, no. And then the criminals. We have two notoriously comedic people who are often pretty lighthearted, but it's, um, Ellie Kempler, 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 Ellie Kemper. Kemper. Yep. And, um, I always forget. It's the deal for always sunny. There it is. I like him. I like her. They don't seem threatening or menacing at all. Like home alone is a family friendly film, but you immediately bring so much gravitas to the villains. When Joe Pesci is your main villain. Mm hmm. And that was, as a kid, I had no context of Joe Pesci's other characters. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But I still found him threatening. He's just one of the wet bandits. Yeah. Marv, one of the, he's not as threatening, but he's still threatening. He's the comedic relief, but you you still think he would hurt Kevin. Like, I don't question Mm -hmm. that for a second. The trailer, I feel like they're, they're not even like a threat to begin with. Everything about it feels well, broken to use Disney's tagline, and that is a shame. Um, will I watch it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Disney. Disney have got you there, man. They that's supposed to what they do. Um, yeah, it's it's on Disney Plus. It's never going. You think Home Alone? It's a fun Christmas film. You got to watch it at Christmas, if only for John Williams. But wonderful, yes. wonderfully festive music. But you, you've still got moments of the the wet bandits or the sticky bandits getting they get they get their absolute asses kicked. They get absolutely. Hap- destroyed through these films is that going to happen are we going to see ashling b get her headset on fire no i can't imagine that um i certainly don't think that's ever going to happen rob delaney he got all of the punishment in the trailer yeah they were very clear to just to show that 
I, I use a word I don't use very often, but I hated this. I genuinely hated it. And it's got nothing whatsoever to do with any personal attachment to Home Alone. Because this is yeah, called same. the sixth film, you know. Uh, Macaulay Culkin is reprising his role. Uh, Buzz McAllister's is coming back as well. So it's almost like a weird really? sequel slash reboot. Uh, yeah, he's come back. They did actually show a McAllister name badge in the trailer. But I, I did ha- see that. I hated it. Genuinely did. I mean, um, Archie Yates. Oh, oh God everybody in those no look i'm british i understand we're annoying but those nauseating british accents they i've said this before on this show when a british person talks in that cadence that they do in this trailer where they where they sound like every every sentence ends with them talking up it's really you know not every line has to be spoken some kind of quizzical comedic way i really did not like this again nothing to do with whether i like home alone or not i do or whether i think it should be remade i just generally thought this looks and sounds horrible i say archie hates bless him i think he's great in jojo rabbit but here he's it's a kid actor at its worst here uh yeah yeah, the the and that's sad to say yeah the, the the villains just look if they just look like they're just coming to sell double glazing and just you know let themselves in the parents, fine, whatever, Ashlyn B, like you say, this is full of exposition and just explaining everything and or just riffing off the first film. It's, well, and I one of the like big it. jokes that I've heard like stand-up comedians make about, like, it, it's a common thing, like, um, you can't, you couldn't make certain movies now because of cell phones. Home Alone's one of the biggest ones because, like, they'd have easy access to getting to him immediately. <laughs> exactly. So they're um, going to have to find some convoluted ways so they don't have... Obviously, on an airplane, you can't use a phone, but when you touch down, you can. Well, in the exposition, there's a scene where she's, like, explaining, like, he's left home alone, and the dad's like, well, I didn't know, and it just feels so... He needs me. Clunky, it's, yeah. It works in the first film with the Catherine O'Hara and, um, oh, God, what's the dad in the first film called? Um, John, oh, I, no... I, I can't think of his name, but this, this is uh, John Hurt. Not John, John Hurt. Hurt. Uh, no, John it's something. John it is John it's, something. I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm looking it up because I one he just passed away. You do that uh, and shout it out when you see it. But they work well. This just this just looks cobbled together. It looks like it looks Disney. It looks cheap. It's something on Disney Plus which looks cheap. It, does. it, it looks, looks like a Disney movie though, and that's it looks the, not cheaper like a than movie. The Descendants, which I think looks cheap as hell. But my daughter it looks loves like- it the Disney channel movies of the old days where it was, you know, pieced together, some kind of reference, John heard, John heard. No, you were right. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah. But uh, it does. It just looks like a, it just looks cobbled together. And look, am I going to watch it like you probably? Yes. Because may, maybe more out of morbid curiosity. Cause I, I, I really would like a new home alone film to do well. Cause I like the first, really like the first one. The second one's fine. And then there are other films, but, cool. uh, but everything, but this just looks, I hated it. <laughs> Generally, did I could if I could have reached through the phone and and slapped you, I would have done for making me watch this, John. <laughs> well, you know what, sir? I'm looking at our schedule, and this comes oh, out no. on November 12th. And guess what week is empty right now because <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife was moved a week later. Um, We're watching but, it then. <laughs> um, either that, or I believe that same week is the Idris Elba and uh, Lakeith Stanfield Western on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. I think that Ooh. comes out about the same time, which is, good looks like a well. great movie. Yeah. yeah. So if, if it's Damn. between those two, we'll go with the good one. But um, yeah, it, but it's still right around the corner. Curiosity did kill the cat after all. So yeah, but that that's, uh, that's our, yeah, man. 
an extra headline for you folks this week because, well, we we have to talk about the Home Sweet Home Alone trailer because goodness, it looks pretty bad. Oh, so, yeah. if anyone out there likes it, apologies for um, yeah, for absolutely downing on it, but it just wasn't for me. But I hope the film's good. So, moving away from that before my I blow a gasket, we'll move on now to our next regular feature, which is media consumption. And it's our uh, segment where we talk about the movies, TV shows, f- uh, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, uh, comic books, whatever it is, whatever we've indulged in to pass the time since the last episode. Uh, and we again, we let the world know. So hopefully there's some good recommendations here. John, what you been checking out? So as per usual, I've been listening to the Blank Check podcast. We are continuing um, the John Carpenter series. They just did the Prince of Darkness episode, which is a really good episode. Uh, I like that movie. Um, it's wild. But uh, then they did a bonus episode for John Carpenter's uh, second TV movie that stars Kurt Russell as oh, Elvis. Yeah. I've never seen it. Um, they they mostly thought it was boring. It's apparently like a three-hour uh, TV movie with a lot of stuff left out. Plus, it was too close to Elvis's death for them to like cover the death, so it doesn't even go to that, apparently. Yeah. Um, but it was a good episode of the podcast, but uh, not the best movie, apparently. Um, have you ever seen that? Uh, I've seen bits of it because I was just intrigued by Kurt Russell as Elvis. As Elvis, yeah. Yes. I can see him with the hair, but his chin just, he's got such a distinctive face. Like, yeah. it, he wouldn't look like, he would he's look like. He's got the charisma, but. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, and then uh, TV wise, I've completed the What If uh, Disney nice. Marvel series. Um, highly recommend, Matt. Highly, highly recommend. It's oh, real good. Watch it one day. Uh huh. Sure. Um, <laughs> how's how's Loki coming along? Oh wait. Uh, so uh, Loki haven't seen it. Uh, uh, what we uh. do in the shadows? Uh, <laughs> I I found out this was funny to me. Um, apparently, I'd missed a week, and I didn't skip it. <laughs> but I thought I was caught up last week, and found out this week. I I thought I was kept, like saying on it. I watched an episode, and then it was like continue watching. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, what? And I missed two weeks. <laughs> you uh, so were so I am now caught up. Yeah, I'm now caught up, though. Uh, so it, I should have got the clue because one of my coworkers actually watches it, which is great because I, I know almost no one who watches the show outside of Big Tuna and myself. And uh, one of my coworkers asked me if I was caught up. And I was like, um, I'm not sure. Here's the episode I saw. And they were like, oh, that was like two weeks ago. And I'm like, no, that was last week. And then I found out, no, she was right. I was a week off, but I thought <laughs> I was up to date. Um, but so I'm, I'm now up to date, uh, and the show is, it's just so good. It's so funny. Um, they keep doing, they keep finding ways to bring stuff back that doesn't feel forced. And the jokes are, are so good. I, I really can't stress enough how good, what we do in the shadows is, um, Matt, I decided, uh, this month I am going to hit the 31 days of horror. I'm going to, I'm doing yes. everything in my power to watch 31 horror movies this month. Um, fitting them in where I can. Uh, the big thing was, I, I mentioned last week, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 2. Yeah. I have watched all seven now. Hot damn. Um, and uh, 3 is my favorite, I think. Yes! Um, th- 3 is just, I think it, it encapsulates what the franchise should be. Yeah. Um, and Docker. I think it, it gets a little wonky later. Uh, I, I do like, I like New Nightmare. I liked it when I saw it the first time. I don't think it's a good film necessarily, but mm-hmm. I enjoy parts of it. I think it's really interesting commentary on the pop culture. And uh, I, I mentioned to you um, the comparison to uh, in, the Mi- in the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness, um, yeah. And I found a really cool article. I don't have that in front of me, but it, um, where they kind of compare it, which I was like, oh, cool. I wasn't the only one who caught that. 
Uh, I found it by accident. I happened to watch Mouth of Madness because of Blank Check, and then yes. I was watching New Nightmare on my own, and it just so happened that they were like, oh, these movies both came out in 94 and are kind of dealing well, with the same subject matter. Clearly, Wes Craven's kind of... It's him brain brainstorming what he's going to do in Scream as well. You know what I mean? It's There's there's an element of the metaness in New Nightmare, which he then takes mm-hmm. into Scream. Correct. Yes, 100%. Um and uh, so I also watched. Um, so I watched all seven. I, I I like the franchise. I don't love the franchise. Mm-hmm. I kind of think it's a little overhyped. And more, I don't think it's scary at all as an adult. As a kid, it did. Yeah. It's the idea of it frightened me. I don't feel like they do a good job of really making it scary, though. It's it's graphic. Like there's definitely some, and that's the part that I like the most. I do like a lot of the filmmaking stuff. A lot of the the sets are very innovative and different. Yeah. I just never boundaries. found it scary um and that's mm-hmm. again that's a, as an adult who's now watched a lot of horror movies um and to be fair like i don't know that anything's going to top hereditary for me because hereditary freaked me out like the, <laughs> well on my my i've always said i think nightmare is the most consistent in terms of keeping its law stitched together it doesn't feel like set necessarily for like seven separate films they do especially feel like they kind can- of tie in if you compare it to Halloween, which jumps that's around what depending I mean, on yeah. who the filmmaker is. and You've now watched uh, them. Do you agree with that in any way? I think it's a little more cohesive. They're still they're still stretching. Because every movie, <laughs> yeah. you can tell they don't know if they're going to get to do another one or not. Because like, they, they end it. Or like, every movie could be the last one. Yeah. And then they retcon it in the next one. But like that's maybe the difference. On the bones, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, not bad. Not great. Definitely mm-hmm. worth checking out, though. I think it, it, for me, it was a big. I didn't realize how big of a gap it was until I started watching, and I was like, I haven't seen any of these. Like, I swore <laughs> I watched them all. Um, but uh, King Kong, nineteen thirty-three, man. Oh, wow, uh, that's our movie club episode. We're, we're doing creature features. I've, what what creature bigger than King Kong? Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I've never seen it. Uh, it was a big thing to finally watch. I I obviously. I, I, it's legendary for its filmmaking. It was kind of impressive to watch. Uh, some of the stuff really holds up as far as like practical effects and things. It's problematic as far as like its take on women. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. but, uh, but it's, it's a really good movie. Um, I didn't realize how much of Kong Skull Island does kind of pull from King Kong though. Like there's a lot of like the, in my head, it was always going to be them going to the jungle, them, finding Kong, them trying to capture Kong, bringing Kong to New York, Kong getting out, climbing the Empire State Building. Like, that would be the movie. I didn't realize Kong was going to fight tons of other giant monster things yeah. throughout the film, um, which is in Kong Skull Island. Even uh, the one where he fights in, like, in the water, mm-hmm. that scene's very much in this movie, and yeah. I was surprised. Uh, I was like, okay, cool, that's really interesting. Um, Watch Red Eye, as I mentioned. Um, that movie had been recommended to me a while ago. It's got Killian Murphy and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. It's Wes Craven. Um, I, I messaged you while I was watching it. And I was like, yeah, I'm really vibing this. And you were like, yeah, it's all right. Third yeah. act. Third act is where it falls apart. Cause it's like, Becomes a they, couldn't sustain, they couldn't sustain the, the thriller, right? Yeah. Cause it's a really cool thriller. And then they like, what do we do now? Uh, we'll have him chase her in a room for like, there's a chase where she literally goes up and down the stairs like three times. Like, it's like the stupidest thing. I'm like, <laughs> What is it's the same like why is he following her like a dog? Like what is happening? But um it's overall good. It's just like that part really devolves yeah. from the tension you get in that first half. Um I I've been waiting. I've been trying to finish Martin Scorsese's list of the eleven best horror movies. And there are four left for me to watch. 
Two of them I own on Criterion and we're doing next month on Movie Club. That's why I'm not watching them right now. The Innocents and the... Uh, boy, I forgot the other one. Um, but two of them have been very hard to get a hold of. Uh, one is The Entity. You can only buy yeah. it on Blu-ray. Damn, it's yeah. a $20 Blu-ray. Like, you can't get it cheaper. And it's not a Criterion even. It's just a $20 Blu-ray. Um, if it were a Criterion, I wouldn't mind shelling out the money. I feel like I'm getting ripped off because it's not... I don't know what the print quality is going to be and 20 seems high. But you can't, it's literally not available digitally. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. watch it legally digitally. It's not, you can't buy it on iTunes, you can't anything. Um, But the other one is uh, Night of the Demons, a.k.a. Curse of the Demon, um, depending on, um, it went on sale on Voodoo. It was uh, two for 10 or two for 12, like this movie. And like, there was a list of other movies you could pick. And I was like, cool, I'm grabbing this because I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to see it. Um, It's Jacques Turner. I believe I'm saying that wrong. Uh, Jacques Tourneur. Yeah, there you go. Um, who worked with Val Luton a lot. And so that's why I already was like into this dude. The, there's some really cool visual effects in this movie that I was like blown away by. Um, really cool movie. I wouldn't say it holds up per se, but I definitely liked it. Um, a lot. And then, uh, lastly, um, I have completed Guillermo del Toro's filmography. I had one movie I'd never seen, which I didn't realize, uh, it was only one movie that I'd been waiting to finish his filmography, but I've never seen Mimic. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, I watched that last night, uh, and now I have seen all of Del Toro's released films. I have two more to see, uh, one coming out this year, and then Pinocchio at some point. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? Um, he's been working on Pinocchio for a long time. But uh, Mimic, uh, Mira Servino, um, really uh, young Josh Berlin, uh, like super young Josh Berlin, um, barely in it, but he's like, he's in it and he looks like a baby. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. There's some, you know, Del Toro stuff in it. Um, it's not perfect, but it's definitely engaging and kind of gross. Um, good kind of creature flick. Uh, so yeah, that's, I've been watching a lot of horror movies wherever I can fit them in. Yeah, man. That's what I like to hear. JB getting on horror train. I usually watch, try to watch 31 horror movies a month anyway. So, um, <laughs> see what I can find. You know, I love, I love my horror. Um, this week, um, I have been listening to, uh, I haven't been listening to the Rotten Tomatoes podcast this week. In fact, so I am going to listen to it. Uh, it one was released last week. I haven't got around to listening to it. They're talking about the scream franchise in anticipation of the trailer dropping. Uh, because I believe it, they, there was a presence at New York comic con. There certainly was a ghostbusters. They showed the film lucky them. Um, but I haven't been listening to anything necessarily this week, but I have been what well, I finally watched. What if, this week john you, you mock me but i watched what if starring daniel radcliffe oh. and zoe kazan um that one um oh it's i like that movie <laughs> yeah I, I i hadn't seen it before um uh, I, I i picked it up for cheap uh from the local cex store that one pound a, a buck 25 although i like daniel radcliffe i like zoe kazan i'm going to watch this really enjoyed it really really liked it uh Adam Driver is the best part of that movie. And Adam and Driver. And you've got, um, what's the name? Mackenzie Davis in it as well. What a yes, cast. Yep. Adam yeah. Driver, dude. You've got Harry Potter and Carlo Ren talking about things which I'm not going to mention on air. And it's fabulous. One of the best quoted, uh, I'm sorry, a not quoted line because no one's seen this movie, but I just had sex <laughs> and I'm about to eat nachos is my favorite thing yes. ever shouted by anybody ever. It is hilarious. And, and the way he delivers it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's so funny. And then he's like, he's like, you ruined my vibe. Um, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed that film. Uh, so check it out. What if it's, uh, 
probably available on Netflix, I think, as well in the UK, but I didn't know that. Um, I watched Jacob's Wife on Shudder, reactivated the old Shudder subscription, and I watched Jacob's Wife. I heard it's been getting good buzz. It stars Barbara Crampton, um, obviously horror icon, certainly of the 80s and those kind of body horror flicks uh, of way back when. But Barbara Crampton, she's, she's still here. She's still got it. And Jacob's Wife was uh, an awful lot of fun, like a throwback kind of um, over-the-top gore fest. But it wasn't even a gore fest. It's just a blood fest. But I really liked Jacob's Wife. I don't want to say too much more about it because the, the marketing tries not to give away too much about the film. Not that it's like groundbreaking or something like that, but... You know, it's a fun film to watch, certainly at this time of year. Halloween's coming up. Jacob's Wife is a wonderful film to put on. I had a good time with that. Um, I watched, I know we're, we're, I'm going to save every thought I've got about this film for, other than a social reaction, uh, because we're going to be talking about it next week. Spoilers for next week. But uh, I was lucky enough to catch a screening of Halloween Kills, thanks to uh, Universal Pictures UK. Headed up to London this week. Finished work, straight up to London. Sat down, free beer. Yes, please. And I watched the new Halloween film. So I'm saving all my thoughts on that until next week. But um, I know JB is going to be seeing that within the next two or three days. Am I right? Yeah, I will see it um, probably not till Saturday or Mm -hmm. Sunday, but I will definitely see it this weekend. I'm very excited. I'm going to try most of the horror movies that I'm watching, I've never seen before. That's always something I like to do is like, yes. if I'm going to watch 31 movies, I'd rather than be 31 movies I've never seen. Yeah. However, I, I kind of want to revisit Halloween 2018 because I've only saw it the one time. Um, um, I, I would not because, well, obviously it ties in because it's set like it, the two films, like set seconds apart. That's the whole point. Yes. So it's, I, I rewatched 2018, which I actually didn't put on this list. I also watched 2018 Halloween just for preparation because I knew there would be moments I forgot and I'm glad I did because there are little moments in Halloween Kills which of course tie into the first film and if you haven't seen that or don't remember it it may take you a minute or two to remember so worth doing man yeah um and I I also have two friends who I have one friend who's never seen any of the Halloween movies and then uh, my cousin who I've been seeing movies with a lot hasn't seen the 2018 Halloween so I'm going to try to organize something where we all watch them together. Yeah. Uh, the first and the 2018 and then the new one. But I don't know if that's going to happen because of like, you know, life gets in the way kind of thing, but yep. that's my hope. But yeah, I'm very excited to check out Halloween kills. Yep. I'm looking forward to seeing what you think about it as well. Uh, and also I, uh, I've only watched one episode, but I've, I'm so sick and tired of seeing this show on my feed that, uh, I caved in and I started watching Squid Game on Netflix. Uh, I watched Midnight Mass. I caved in and upon recommendation and really enjoyed that. Watched the first episode of Squid Game. Uh, I think it's fine. I think it's good. Again, I've only watched one episode out of what, nine or ten, but it's an interesting premise. I don't really know an awful lot about it because most of the stuff I see online is just people screaming about how much they love it or a character without really saying why. So I've managed to go in fairly unsullied. And, you know, I, I think it's fine. It's uh, based on one episode. I like it. I am going to be checking out the rest of them. So at some point, I will be able to give a more concise opinion on Squid Game, which is Netflix's most popular show of all time. So um, Netflix and the rest of the world obviously think that's bloody awesome. And we're bloody awesome, too. And we have to maintain those levels of being bloody awesome. The bloody awesomeometer needs topping up each week. So uh, we have to find new and inventive ways, or just new ways, to stay bloody awesome. So, JB, what have you been doing this week to stay bloody awesome? 
So I got to uh, hang out with my friends. I haven't been able to really get with a large group and play D&D for over a year. Um, and I have not played D&D much in my life, only really that little group. But um, the main reason is the long-term commitment. It's hard for me to make sure I can every week show up or every other week show up uh, to a group thing. Um, so my friend uh, wrote a one-shot of there's an alien D&D style game. It's not quite the same, nice. but it's a tabletop role player. And set in the alien universe, um, we uh, had roles assigned to us. I got to be the corporate guy. Um, so I was working for Waylon, and I was uh, <laughs> I had information that no one else had. Um, it was great fun. Uh, I, at one point, we discover a kid, much like Newt in Aliens. Um, and I know that he has a uh, queen inside of him. Um, and that's one of my friends is playing that uh, character. So I have to like, I'm supposed to save this kid and get, you know, take him off planet. Cause that's wow. What a great opportunity. We can have a queen. And um, I had to like, I had a lie, you know, like, cause they, the doctor was going to check him out to make sure he was okay. And I like, I was able to like convince them that I had the information. We didn't have to waste any time with that. Cause we were in a hurry. You know, there's stuff going on. We don't understand. And, uh, Needless to say, everyone in our party died. Um, our, our GM made it very, I think, fairly, but made it very challenging. And we made some decisions. We kind of went headfirst into, like, where we knew it was probably going to be dangerous. Uh, and it was. Um, and being the corporate sh- uh, shrill that shill, shrill, shill, shill. shill that I was, um, I, uh, I took myself out before a giant alien killed me. Because um, I was Good like, man. nope. I'm like, I have no chance of surviving that I am going out my way. Uh, I'm not getting eaten alive. Um, so it was a lot of fun that we had a great time. It was a, like four hour session. Apparently we took way too long in the intro. Like we were like second guessing everything. Uh, so that's why I think we rushed because we felt like we were not going to finish if we didn't just go right for where we needed to go. Um, but it was a lot of fun. The, it's, the mechanics are a little complicated, but at the same time, like the dice rolls are easier in some ways, but there's like this uh, stress factor built into the game. But Fans of Alien, I think, would have a kick playing this, especially if you if fantasy is not your thing, but you are interested in like a role playing environment. I think Alien could be the way to go. The sci fi experience was a lot of fun, um, and again, if you have a good GM like we did, uh, it's they call it a GM because it's um, I think it's General Mother or something like that. Game Mother, Game Mother <laughs> is what it's called. Um, you know, the Alien lore again built into it. Um, our our uh, GM was also a big fan of the Predator series, so he did bring like a homebrewed Predator into the mix. Um, <laughs> who I, I almost killed. So uh, almost, uh, almost. Uh, he ran. He did run. I made a Predator run. Feel pretty proud of that. Um, you never saw but, work do that in Aliens, did you? No, no, he did not. Um, and uh, even we did have the uh, the android character showed up and surprised everybody. Like none of us knew that there was one for sure, but we, you know, you suspected if you've ever seen Alien. Um, it is a, a trope of the franchise and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was really well written and a lot of fun. We all had a blast. Um, if you get a chance, any, any listener, I say, if you're into alien, if you're into, uh, those RPGs, check it out. That sounds like an awful lot of fun. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's the idea of the shoe scaring off a predator is one thing. That sounds like a lot of fun, my friend. Um, for, for me, I've been, I've been back out geek shopping. I've been hitting the geek stores and, um, equipping my collection to try and be like Burke. Uh, I see John's uh, man cave and I think, well, I fancy some of that as well. So I've been out and about buying uh, not much. I I never go too extravagant because I always go to these shops with the idea of filling up a trolley or a basket uh, and, you know, spending untold amount of money and having this great collection. But as soon as I get in and start looking at the prices, I think, oh, actually, 
I probably now think I'll just put that one back. I'll just get these two for now and I'll come back next time. But um, no, I bought a, I've got my Reagan figure sitting over there from the Exorcist. I've got a couple more Ghostbusters figures, a little Stay Puffed, well, a big Stay Puffed over there. Uh, I've got a, uh, a Ray figure from the Rise of, uh, from the sequel trilogy and a Ray Funko from the Rise of Skywalker. And I don't even collect Funkos, but it's, she's got a yellow lightsaber and it's Ray. I like Ray. So um, I've been, I've been topping up the old collection. So my geek uh, area cavern is now looking a little bit more impressive. It's still a way to go to to be like Burke, but I'm going to get there <laughs> by hook or by crook. Hell or high water won't stop me, my friend. Man, I don't know if you if you really want to ever match me on that, but you know, no, I, don't, yeah, I, I, don't, do. I never set out to <laughs> Too do much. this. It just happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, I, I've got uh, I've got all the time in the world. Uh, there's a nice throwback to our film there. Uh, I got all the time I was to buy more stuff, but we have got no time to talk in this episode. All the puns coming out now. We are done for this episode of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, but again, our spoiler-heavy episode, Minisode, will be dropping on Monday for No Time to Die. Next week, we are going to be discussing Halloween Kills, which is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, if you want to um, join in the discussion or at least know what we're talking about, check that film out before next week. And um, we'd love to know your thoughts before uh, before we record our episode. Uh, if you want to let us know what you think about No Time to Die or Halloween Kills in advance, you can go on Twitter and find us at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. On Instagram, John? At Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Uh, if you're still on the Facebook, you can go to Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. You'll find us there. You can find me, whatiwatchtonight.co.uk, and just search what I watch tonight on all the socials, including Letterboxd. Uh, John, where are you? I am at Burke Reviews and on uh, all the social medias there and at BurkeReviews.com. Yep, go check them out. Uh, if you like what you've just heard, please share it with your friends. Let them know there's a bloody awesome movie podcast out there for them. And we'd really, really appreciate if you could uh, grant us five stars on your podcast provider of choice. It gets more listeners in and it means we get to uh, liaise of more like-minded film fans each week. But with that, as always, stay bloody awesome. And keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blood, 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 blood.